I'm Dr. Gary Linkoff, founder and medical director of City Facial Plastics. Thank you for tuning into Face Facts, a podcast where medical professionals discuss everything related to facial aesthetics, plastic surgery, and hair restoration. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So for those who don't know you, you have a really cool YouTube channel. And uh, I think the focus is, is Disney. That's that's the big one. My family is crazy about Disney as well. So my in-laws, typically, they've been vacationing there like pretty much every year before this whole COVID fiasco. They share the enthusiasm <laughs> along with you. And I know you recently, relatively recently, started chronicling kind of your uh, hair transplant journey and experience. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's... Um... And the views have been quite good on that. I wasn't expecting it to, because it's so different from everything I've done before. Because I do, I, I talk about Disney a lot. And then to go from that to talking about hair transplants is a, very, <laughs> it's, a it's a big change for like my following. But it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's done really well. No, I think it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. That kind of dichotomy. So when my team sort of found your stuff online, they were like, wow, that'd be really cool for you to talk to them. And you know, just kind of uh, see what it was like for him. And, you know, my approach and my practice, as you know, I, mean, I do hair transplants, but I also have an autoimmune hair loss condition. So I'm just all about kind of educating people, telling them, you know, all about the different types of hair loss, but also the nitty gritty about hair transplant, because there, there's a lot of misconceptions and sort of myths and, and other, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. In, in our field and so um, I think it's great when you have someone who's had a procedure sort of talking about it and educating others I thought it'd be kind of cool to get together talk about what you went through sort of like your whole journey more or less summarized and you know here and there I'm happy to sort of contribute some thoughts but it's more about just kind of letting you have the podium I'm more than happy to, to share my own experience but oh that's awesome I really appreciate that so I guess like when was your procedure and how are you doing now? Um, so the procedure was 13th of July, I think it was. So uh, early July. Mm -hmm. um, and it was all, it was, it was, it was good. It was great. So we'd, we've obviously been, we'd been in COVID lockdown. So everything's closed and everything. But I'd had my, my consultation with this place before COVID was even a thing. Right. And they, they gave me this quote and I was, I would love to, to have, jumped straight at that it was a lot of money and yeah so i didn't have like the money to spend on it at that point so i just said i'll put it off for a bit and then covid came along mm -hmm. and i think with everything being shut down and there's a lot of like places that are trying to like recoup their losses by like offering deals and loads of different things so the place that i went to they sent this offer out where it's save a certain percentage if I booked by a certain time and so I jumped to the chance I was like well I was I was already willing to go to you but I just didn't have the funds at that point but now it's it's much more manageable that was why I decided to then just like take the plunge and do it and yeah. also working from home it was the perfect time to do it because yeah. I wasn't going to be leaving the house or going anywhere so yeah, any true. sort of like recovery process I'm going to be able to do it from the comfort of home. So this is July of, of 2020? Yes. Right. So okay. It's been four months so far, so I'm still in the in the like the early stages of of it. Really, it's going really well. I remember I did an update on my third month, right? And 
that was when the hair literally just started to like grow through as like baby hairs and I was so excited about it. But looking back at those pictures that I took at three months to how it is right now is completely different because there's so much more hair. So I'm even more excited about it now. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a scary period in the first few months and people feel like, did it not work? Like, was it a total, yeah. you know, effort and money and all those things? So that, that there's a lot of hand-holding from my end for, you know, to get patients. Yeah that early period and then when they start seeing some results they're like oh okay like things start to kind of relax a little bit i guess taking a step back what made you want to get the transplant in the first place like how long were you thinking about it like did you consider other options to be honest it's been like since i was about 15 so that's like half of my life i've just always wanted it to get wanted to get it done i remember being 15 and i was a big fan of buffy the vampire slayer and there's the the actor david boreanaz angel okay. and i wanted to have my hair like his all the time and he had it like short and spiky and like all up at the front yeah but because my my natural hairline is in that like it's it's in the the M sort of shape. It's always in, been in that kind of like receding hairline shape without it actually being receding. So I always just wanted to bring down the sides basically mm -hmm. of, of it for the longest time. And it's just, um, yeah, I've, it's something I've always wanted to do. I just wanted to have a nice straight hairline. <laughs> so pretty much for you, there weren't really any other great options like for the hair restoration because sometimes you know people come in and they ask about prp and those types of things but i tell them when you don't have hair at all in, in a location it's these other things aren't going to help you rogaine all those types of other alternatives for for hair restoration so you kind of really wanted to put hair where there was no hair yeah gotcha yeah. gotcha and so how did you go about choosing i know you mentioned the clinic that you found that you liked when you know even though initially maybe their, their price was too high or whatever but what was that like like how did you pick them how did you find them before i picked them i'd shopped around i'd gone to to a lot of different ones over the years i've looked at different places and got different quotes when i've been at different stages in my life where i've probably just not been in a good position to, to, to pay for it. But then I found this Vinci hair clinic. It was around the corner from where I work in London. I work in health healthcare anyway. Well, that's when I'm not doing the social media stuff. <laughs> I work in healthcare. And this place is around the corner. So I just popped in after work for my consultation. Loved the facility. They were really, really nice. The consultant was nice. It told me like everything that I would like expect to, to, to get. They, they told me who my, my surgeon would be. Mm -hmm. And he's on Instagram, so I follow him on Instagram. I've seen all these before and after pictures for the stuff that he's specifically done. Yeah. Um, and it's all been, been really good. Checked mm -hmm. him up on the, um, so he's GMC registered, which is good, obviously. You wanna... I'm not familiar with that here in the States. The uh, General Medical Council? Is it the General Medical Council? Yeah. Okay, kind of the board, I guess. And, and I guess yeah. it would be like a like board certified, so they're be, yeah. by you guys. Yeah, okay. So it's legit, which is an important, an important thing when you're picking a doctor to yes. slice you open in any way. Yes, um, for, for sure. Yeah, because I think not everyone realizes that it's such a team effort. Like, do you remember how many people were working on you? Like, were in the room helping the doctor? There was three nurses that were, probably nurses. <laughs> there must have been nurses that were actually, like, taking out the, so he did all the injections. And then they got the, the nurses to take out all of the the hair follicles from the back of my head. Yeah. Um, then he did all the incisions and then they put yeah. all of the things back, the hair follicles into the holes. 
So he didn't put any, he didn't take anything out or put anything in, but he did all of the injections, the incisions, and everything yeah, like that. That's good. See, there's a lot of controversy. Well, first of all, not everyone understands that like it's a big team effort. It always is, no matter where you go. You know, so some people come to me and they want me to do the whole thing. I tell them that's not practical because it's just like all day. You know, it, it's yeah. just too much work for any one person, and unless it's a really really small procedure. You know, you just need like ten grafts somewhere to just touch up an eyebrow or something like. Like that. I always tell people it's a big team effort, but there's some controversy like on our end, like, you know, from a provider standpoint of like, you know, who's doing what and how much can you relegate or delegate to, you know, an assistant, like a technician or a nurse to do. And because there's some people where, you know, they'll find a, a patient as a clinic or a doctor and they just bring in the technicians and then they really don't participate in the, the transplant at all. So, you know, and then you have the other extreme where someone's really involved in every little step of it. So there's kind of a spectrum there. But I think at a minimum, making all the recipient sites is like the most critical part. So exactly what your surgeon did, I think is the most critical because that's going to guide you know, the direction of growth, the density, all those things. Not everyone realizes like that there are so many different steps to this procedure. And so what was like the experience like for you like day of? Like, was it painful? Was it The only pain that I actually felt was the initial injections of the anesthetic. So it was that first, maybe the first like, because they do it in rows, don't they? Did mm -hmm. it he mm -hmm. did it in a line and then another line above that and then another line above that or something but it was just the first row that i could feel it but as soon as that had kicked in i couldn't feel a thing like you just like you could like sense that something was happening at the back of your head like a little tapping there was no actual like pain it was maybe a little bit uncomfortable like because i was lying face down for hours three <laughs> four hours or something as they were yeah. taking it all out so that was uncomfortable but not painful okay um, okay and then what about in the front? They also numb the front for you? Yes. So the first one that went in there, that was painful. But as soon as that kicked in, it was fine. That's good. How did you pass the time during the surgery? Because it, it does, you know, take most of the day. <laughs> it feels like it's the whole day. You know, like the, uh, if you go for a massage and you're lying on a massage bed and you've got the whole cut out so your face can go through it. So that was basically my face like this. And I had my phone underneath. So I was, I was just on my phone the whole time when they were taking it all out the back and then when they were doing the front I they had a tv on so I could watch Netflix <laughs> and then yeah, I filmed odd bits of it as well with my my camera so I've got that all on my YouTube channel so. country basically <laughs> so, so yeah that yeah and in, in my clinic with the morning part we'll give some Ambien and Valium so patients can actually like kind of doze off and sleep a little bit more but I have some patients who refuse to take that stuff and they just want to like you like you be on the phone and be more like present and that's fine. Did you have like a lunch break? Yeah, we, ha we had a lunch break. Now that you've said Valium, you've reminded me that I, they gave me, they did give me Valium so that I could relax. Yeah, okay. But I still wanted to, cause I am like filming the whole like, process. I wanted to like get bits of it. So that's why I've, I've, I managed to like use my phone to get bits of it and things like that. Yeah, we had a lunch break. So did the like four hours in the morning, whatever it was, had like a half hour, hour lunch break and then came back and straight to it with the front. Right, right. Is there anything that you think could have been better about your experience? Because I don't often ask my patients that question, but it's something that I probably should ask them more often. Because, you know, we all do things a certain way, and we're just like, this is the way we do it. But then the way it's perceived on the patients and can, you know, it's different. If you're getting like a surgery done that's like a long surgery like that, you kind of just expect it to be 
kind of like it's not an exciting situation it's, you're yeah. not going to be having the most amazing time of your life because you're lying there still for for eight hours of a day right and maybe the lunch could have been better or something <laughs> it could have been a better sandwich <laughs> but it wasn't I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't change anything got it now in terms of how they removed the hairs did they give you options for doing it with a shave versus like not shaving your hair or was there was there any option like that or what did they um, do for the best? I said to them I would I would really prefer to not shave my head and because I think because where where I was getting it done I mean anyone listening to this isn't going to see it but you guys are going to see mm -hmm. it there wasn't hair any there hair there anyway and they were just putting it onto area where there was no hair right um, I don't they just didn't need to shave my head they could just pull on my hair back and tie it up um <laughs> and then do it that way what about they, shave, they shaved the back obviously they shaved the back yeah shaved the back really really short and then they shaved the sides as well really short so I had a hideous hideous haircut for a while yeah um, it looked awful <laughs> it's interesting there are different ways of course to remove the hairs i don't know did they talk to you about like a strip procedure where you cut out a whole section from the back and then... oh, like fut yeah yeah i think that was at the the consultation stage they were saying like well what type would you prefer to go for and i said absolutely an fue right. not an fut i do tend to have my hair quite short at the back yeah. and that can leave quite a visible scar at the back can't it that if you have the fut because it's taken the strip whereas this is much is a much less noticeable like scarring situation because it's just like light patchy scars but you right. can't even see now that my hair's like grown over you can't even see that i've i've had it done at the back right, so, right. Sealing is very fast for the fue for sure with the fut i would say there are two main advantages and i rarely do it in my practice but just to kind of point out to people one advantage is that you can keep your hair nice and long on the back you know because so that when you're done with the procedure no one knows you had anything done because you know there's nothing to really shave but of course in the future if you wear your hair short then you have this like line and it doesn't always heal great so you can have a, a really thick line and you know people have some scarring issues with that sometimes the other advantage is that you can get more grafts over like the course of a lifetime compared to fue just because of the nature of how you're removing it you know it's not like necessarily an inferior method you know in all regards like so there's some advantages and then in terms of fue sometimes like you don't have to necessarily shave the whole back so there are ways of doing it no shave technique and then i was just at our like international conference virtually we had virtual sort of hair restoration conference and there's an um, increasing kind of trend in people doing what's called long hair preview fue which is really challenging actually just technically very hard so it's taking it out one by one but keeping the hair long so when you're done with the transplant you actually see the final result of what it'll look like in a year because the hair will fall out still yeah back but when you're like the same day you see the hair long which is mm really interesting there are some people around the country not too many people in the states because it, it just takes so long you need to have like i don't know lots of technicians i mean you need to have a lot of help but there are some people moving towards that just because you know people it's like an emotional experience when you're done because you can can see it like almost like in its final form but you, you don't know if the person's going to end up looking like that in a year you know because they might lose 
of the hairs. Obviously, they'll, they'll fall out in a few weeks, but, you know, it doesn't mean they'll all grow back. You know, it's getting like, there are lots of options these days for how to remove FUE. Anything that's surprised you about the recovery process? Well, they told me to expect some swelling. The, um, the level of how much I, my face swelled up was, was a bit shocking. It was, I wasn't expecting my face to balloon quite as much as it did. Uh -huh. I know some places they do, they have a, like a band and they put a band around your head, I think, mm -hmm. to keep the swelling at the top, but I didn't do that. <laughs> I found that out afterwards. Like all of the, I, I get my, my forehead swelled up really, really big. And then that just gradually like moved down my face yeah. through the, the days. So I think it only lasted about four days and it yeah. was, I was back to normal. Um, but yeah, I'd say just how much my face enlarged was, was the most shocking thing. Wow. Um, just after the shedding phase, when you're into the, mm -hmm. the dormant phase, when you, like nothing happens, that was, I, would, I don't know if I'd say shocking, but it was, it was probably the most stressful for me because that's, that's, when, that's obviously the part where everyone that's had it done panics that it's not going to grow back. Yeah. So I've lost all of the hairs and I'm looking and I'm like, there's nothing there. I think everything was pretty, I was expecting everything to happen that did happen, so. Right, did they have like, for you sort of a post-operative care and uh, when you could wash your hair and all those things written out so you kind of knew? Yeah, we okay. I had a whole pack of like the timeline to expect as well and um, the instructions on when I could wash my hair, how to wash my hair, because we're still, we were st it's still like, we weren't supposed to be going they're trying to limit people going out and everything because of covid so normally i would have gone back into their clinic and they would have washed my hair for me and then showed me how to do it because of covid i had to do it at home yeah and so that was part of the the like the care packet the aftercare package and they gave me a spray as well so i could spritz it all the time to keep it yeah keep it kind of moist and and not dried out and things yeah. And to also help remove any of the, the crusts and stuff. That's good. Yeah, the, the swelling happens, you know, to everybody, especially if you have a hairline lowering procedure, which essentially is kind of what you had. It definitely always swells. And I tell people because of gravity, you know, it's going to descend down your face. essentially. So that's the main reason for, like, telling people to take off for three to four days. Because some people want to go back to work the next day. I tell them, you know, you're going to be kind of small enough. I do put a little bit of, a, like, a steroid in the mix for the injection up front. And that's supposed to limit, you know, the swelling. But, you know, no matter what you do, you're still going to get just, it's kind of traumatic for that area of the face. So overall, I mean, it sounds like you're happy that you went through the process, even though you haven't seen like the final results. It's, it's all gone really good. I'm definitely happy with it so far. I'm not really sure what else to say other than I'm really, really happy with it. It's, I've wanted it for so long. I finally got it and it is, it's growing through as I was expecting it to. I'm ecstatically happy. I mean, look at it. It's good. It's growing. It's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's what you wanted. So it's nice when you yeah. see it finally, you know, materialized, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then do you have any advice for other people who might be considering a transplant, don't know kind of how to start the process or I don't know, anything you want to share with people? I'd say absolutely go for it. If it's something you've been wanting to do for a really long time, or even if, you, if something you just really want to do, just just do it. But as long as you're as long as you're doing it for you, then that's the main thing. I've wanted this done since I was 15. I, this is it's for me. It's not for anyone else. And it's something that people didn't even know that it was something that I wanted to have done because I've had, I've always, my hair is always quite long and I've always kept it down on my face just to, to hide it. Or if I like style my hair up, then I have to do it really carefully. So it kind of like swoops down and then goes up. So mm -hmm. it's, 
it's spending hours a day on just styling my hair in a way that people can't see what I'm insecure about. So now I don't have to be insecure about it because I've had this done. So just if you're going to get it done, do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. And make sure you shop around, find the right person to do it. And yeah, don't expect instant results. It's not going to happen instantly. So you're at month four. I mean, I tell people to really give it the full year, you know, before judging the final result. Yeah. Is that what I told you in, the, in the, your clinic? Yeah, they said um, six months is when you'll probably start to see something growing. And then a year is when you're going to have something that's much more substantial to understand like what it looks like. But 18 yeah. months is when you're going to get the real full results. So a year and a half yeah. and then that's... So it's, yeah, it's yeah. a long time. It's a long process, but it, it, it will be worth it in the end. Yeah, that's awesome. I think our, our video is getting a little choppy. I, who knows? Some reception, I guess, issues. But we've, we've probably covered um, most of the grounds. Anything else you wanted to add, Gregory? I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, we, we covered all it. <laughs> question of, is the hair that was cut returned to normal length slash you could hide the front? I'm assuming they're, they mean like the, right now the hair is still short. Like, will it grow to a full length? And, and the answer is yes. I mean, it'll continue to grow um, just like it would on the back. It continues to grow long. It just takes time for it to reach a certain length. This was great. And I applaud you for talking about, you know, this whole journey with and, and being so open about it, because a lot of my patients, especially, you know, I mean, I do a lot of female hair transplants, too. But a lot of my male patients, they don't really want anyone to know, you know, they, they just kind of feel like it's very personal, and they're afraid that others will find out that they had anything done. I think we're entering an era when people are a little bit more open about, you know, getting some sort of surgery to enhance their appearance. I hope that people start to feel like more normal talking about it. Because, you know, like the celebrities are getting it and they, and they say, oh, I didn't have anything done. You know, it's all natural. And then people feel like shit because it's like, well, how come I can't look like that? And yeah. there's, you know, with different tweaks and things like that, how you, you can achieve sort of closer to what, you know, like you said, as long as you're doing it for yourself, you know, those kind of goals. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm going to ask what I had for lunch. I had a sandwich and crisps or chips, potato chips. <laughs> nice. I'll be watching more of your videos, definitely. And uh, whether it's on hair transplant or the Disney stuff, and my in-laws are now hooked on your channel as well. Looking forward to more of your material. And thanks so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you for having me. I will enjoy watching more of your like the the, the lip, with the lip the lip lift you do. Amazing! Yeah. I want that done. <laughs> I do a lot of these lip surgeries. I just I actually just uh, came out with the video today. It was like one of these reaction videos. I don't know if you've gotten into that yet, but like watching someone else's video on YouTube and reacting to it. And my team thought it'd be fun, so I did one actually reacting to another plastic surgeon who says that lip lifts are bad for young people. And so my message was, well, I do a lot of them on young people, and they are very happy for the most part. So I don't think that it's a bad thing across the board. Of course, there's always risks and all that. So I put out a video like that. But right now, my practice is a lot of hair and lip stuff. But I also do, you know, a full range of kind of facial plastics. So it's fun. I, I work just like you kind of have like your sort of, I guess, regular job or like whatever, whichever one's the side uh, job. I don't know in terms of what I do other than like whatever YouTube, it's just kind of part of my practice, I guess. But you know, I work with veterans at the Brooklyn and the Manhattan VA. I do their reconstructive surgeries. So that's kind of like 
my other hat. And so it's fun to balance like the aesthetic practice and kind of the competitive. Yeah. yeah, the whole other. Um, but I tell people that I don't think there's like a distinct like difference between cosmetic and function. You know, I mm -hmm. think when you're dealing with the face, any procedure on the face and, and obviously the scalp and hair, it's all intertwined. You know, maybe with hair, there was maybe it's not as much of maybe a functional component um, to it, but still it, it all works together, you know, and whether you had like, you know, a blast in Iraq and you lost, you know, your hair from that, or you just don't have the, the shape of, you know, of your hairline that you wish. I mean, the approaches are all the same. So keep in touch and uh, yeah, look to, to the next, uh, you know, hair update for sure. You know, I hope uh, you get, you know, it looks like already you're getting a nice result and I'm sure growing very well thanks I'm, I'm glad you think so yeah <laughs> all right awesome cool. well, it's great to chat to you and yeah speak soon likewise thanks Gregory see you take care bye bye